We Saved You a Seat is sponsored by the Oklahoma Family Network. Oklahoma Family Network focuses on supporting families of children and youth with special health care needs and disabilities, as well as families who have children with a mental health or behavioral health diagnosis. Oklahoma Family Network provides families with emotional support, resource navigation, parent-to-parent engagement opportunities, and wants to ensure quality health care for all children and families by building strong and effective family professional partnerships. Welcome to the final episode this week, wrapping up our conversation with Katie about her son Carter and his diagnosis of trisomy 18 or Edwards syndrome. Today you will hear what she learned about trisomy 18 and you'll hear a mother talk about her son in the most tender way. You'll hear about Carter's little sister and some of the anxiety associated with Katie's pregnancy and parenting after having her firstborn pass away. Katie shares about some of the resources and people that she's met because of Carter and how she would like nothing more than to help put things into place which will help make things easier for the next family who hears the words, your baby has trisomy 18. Thank you for joining us in this short series, and We Saved You a Seat is incredibly thankful to Katie for sharing Carter with us. Educate us on what you as a parent know about trisomy 18. Um, Maybe just kind of, I don't know, as we try to bring awareness and conversation, education over this topic, what did you learn? Yeah, so... Uh, trisomy 18 is, um, (laughs) it's, it's not what a lot of people think that it is. And I think that's, that's like, I'm, I'm glad that I get to talk about this because, uh, a lot of people, including doctors, they think that it's, it's like a uniform thing. One size fits all. Right. And I, I know for a 100% fact for that to be absolutely not true. And every parent with a child with trisomy 18, that's not true. It's not a one-size-fits-all. Um, so it's um, an extra 18th chromosome. And there, so far at this point in life, is absolutely nothing um, to say, like, what causes it or if anything even does cause it. It's kind of just like a random fluke, I guess. It, I Well, you know, and I, I don't know. I have trouble calling it that. I think that everything in this life truly does happen for a reason, which, you know, sucks when we're talking about sick babies. I don't think it's random. I don't loop, but that's essentially medically the way that it is. It's just somehow this, this child, I think it really gets starts when it's, they're an embryo, right? But, um, develops an extra chromosome, just like how Down syndrome is trisomy 21, it's extra 21st chromosome. Um, and so, so yeah, so it's an extra 18th chromosome. And as we know from science and things like that, when something like that happens, it causes different things with your body. So the common things with trisomy 18, uh, the physical features, um, you have, they have like a different shaped head. I hate that people say abnormally shaped head. I don't really like that. It sounds horrible. I think their heads are adorable, but <laughs> they have different shaped heads, they have smaller chins, and their ears are down lower. Um, and so that's kind of like what you what you see. Let's see. Um, 
to see. And, and there's there's some more physical things for some babies with trisomy 18. Um, some of them, it's just that they have their hands uh, clenched. The clenched hands is the thing with trisomy 18. And they kind of like stick their little pinky up a little bit and like hold their hands in a fist. Super cute. Um, <laughs> but that's also, you know, another physical sign. And, and then so many different things can happen inside of the body of a baby with trisomy 18. Some of them can have so much organ problems. Some babies with trisomy 18 even have some organs on the outside. There's a medical term for that. I can't think of it right now, but um, they can have heart problems, all the heart problems. I, there's almost anything you could possibly imagine, and they don't all have all of those problems. So like with Carter, uh, actually all of his organs were were pretty fine he just had uh three vsds that eventually ended up forming into one that we could have had operated on eventually if, if necessary so you know some some trisomy 18 babies can have so many more internal issues and live longer some of them can have less and not live as long or anywhere in between this way that way it is definitely not one size fits all um they also babies with trisomy 18 i think um their their brain functions right differently so uh and it's so hard there's not a lot of information on like their brain activity and things like that swimming around out there because not very many of them do you know live to be past a certain age and things like that so i know i used to get to watch and it was amazing um I used to get to watch this little girl uh, through Facebook, a family that I came to know, and uh, she lived to be four, I think. I could be wrong about that, but um, she had gotten a chair that could help her walk, and and she had started being able to kind of like eat some things. Um, you know, she had the G two still, like had the G two surgery, but uh, and and like playing and, and smiling and being happy and so trisomy 18 is not always like bad and doom and you know watching your baby die in the hospital that there there can be amazing moments with a child with trisomy 18 and, and even when they're just a baby i think i would say the other thing that i've come to know about children with trisomy 18 is they are some of the strongest humans to ever live I, I'm seriously, and that may sound crazy because how could, um, you know, a sick dying baby really be so strong? But Carter was like a month old and, and like doing tummies and holding his head up, which is insane. And he was not supposed to have ever been able to do that. And, you know, seeing the will of the children that do live to be longer, like how badly they want to be able to walk and how hard they try and how much they can truly accomplish. Um, it's amazing. They really are just some of the strongest little humans ever. And it's it's just fantastic. Um, I think that there is so much that this world still doesn't know about trisomy 18. And I think that there's so much that doctors should learn about it because I don't think that anyone should ever, you know, have to go to a hospital hospital with their child with trisomy 18 and the doctors say, hold on, let me go look that up real quick. Do you wish that you would have known prior to his birth that he was diagnosed with that? 
Do you wish that you could have um, kind of been a part of the genetic process and would that have made a difference? I don't think it would have changed anything and I don't wish that I had known. Um, I honestly think that that sounds like torture. <laughs> sounds like torture to have to go through nine months of pregnancy or well, I guess less than that because you don't really get the genetic testing until oh, I don't remember how far along. But anyways, um, you have to go through all of that time like knowing and then you have the ability to Google and then you know like what your life is going to be and you're essentially just sitting around waiting for your demise. Like it's not definitely do not wish that I had known while I was pregnant. I, I you know, it's it's hard for sure because you think like you can help prepare and things like that if you know. And it's definitely it was like a huge whirlwind all at once. Um but I would have been grieving my child before my child was ever even born. And that just sounds horrible. And um, there wasn't any amount of anything that could have prepared me any more than I was anyways. I mean, because there's so much that I still don't know. There's so much that I still don't understand. I think everything probably still would have happened exactly the same. There's families that end up going to Omaha, Nebraska with the doctor, the special trisomy doctor think of his name but he just like works with these kids and does all the things that no one else will because a lot of places you know they won't do surgeries on these kids they won't do you know hardly any treatment on these kids because they look at an outdated piece of paper in their system that says that there's hardly any life expectancy with these kids um but there is this hospital and there is this doctor in omaha nebraska and a lot of families will go there and I guess that's really the only thing that could have been different is I could have chose to totally uproot my life to Nebraska for a doctor that maybe would have been different. But you know what? Honestly, I don't wish to have been anywhere other than right exactly where I was at because some of them, I mean, just it was some of the most amazing things. Like, yeah, we had some really crappy doctors and, and we had some really bad experiences, but uh I don't think that anyone else really would have been able to truly want to see me be okay the way that that nurse did and to see my child do the best that he could the way that that doctor did. I don't think anybody else could have done it the way that they did. I don't. Uh, so I don't wish that we could have been anywhere else. I don't wish I had known. Because um, like I said, that sounds like torture. And, and I don't think it would have really changed much. I think the only thing it could have changed is that we could have gone to Omaha, Nebraska. But. No regrets, you know. I mean, sometimes they talk about I, that I I will remain joyful and happy until I know not to be. And so, how long can I maintain that joyful? To share with us some of the amazing resources that you have been connected with, some of the people you've met, um, um, the really unique resources that you came in contact with um, because of this. And there's some really pretty amazing people out there. Yeah, well, let me tell you, Miss Camera is an angel sent from heaven who has changed my life. Um, and now, wait a minute, Th that's not what I was. That was not what I was asking for. <laughs> has brought all of these wonderful things into my life, so I wouldn't have known about any of this if it wasn't for you, because I, I none of these things would have, you know, just so perfectly fallen in my lap if it weren't for you. So Wyatt's Wings, an amazing, amazing organization, and uh, so they help families who end up running into genetic disorders uh, in their life and 
like they did the most amazing thing. It, it, it was really insane. So we were in the hospital and we were having a really rough time, obviously, because we were living in the hospital and that's not cheap. So Wyatt's Wings actually a um, giant handful of gift cards, all different kinds of food for gas, all the things. And it was amazing because we had to eat out constantly because you can only get so many vouchers for food in the cafeteria. And even with the voucher, you still have to pay a little bit for it. So, and that's expensive. So expensive. God, nobody tells you how expensive hospital food is. It's terrible. Why is it so expensive? Nobody knows. So, <laughs> um, and, and that was just one of the absolute most amazing things to have happened while we were in the hospital because it, it was, oh my gosh, I just don't even know it. And I'm pretty sure I cried for like two days and wouldn't even use them. Um, they also uh, help with funeral costs and things like that, which I think is amazing. And, and they just do wonderful things. And then another organization that you have so wonderfully introduced me to is Kids Joining Eternity, um, which is super awesome. They're, yeah, super, super, super awesome. I think that I have had a lot of trouble uh, myself really being able to be involved in that community but i see what it does for everybody who is and i think that's absolutely amazing and i it's wonderful that you know their podcast and that it's a safe place for everyone to talk about these things and it's a community of people who just really truly understand like what they're doing yeah so you, so you did you found some beautiful resources in the midst of a really hard time tell us about carter's birthday how big he was how long he was I, I want to know about Carter. I want you to tell me about your sweet baby boy. And I just, I want to hear you, a mother, describe her son. Yeah. Um, well, so Carter was born on March 5th, 2019. He was born March 5th, 2019. And um, he was a little over five pounds. Gosh, I can't remember the exact numbers anymore. It's been so long, but he was a little over five pounds. Um, and then he was 18, 19 inches long, real little tiny, just the sweet little baby. Um, he was such a <laughs> He was such a snuggle. He just wanted to just snuggle. He didn't really like, you know, being sat down or anything like that. He, he wanted love. He wanted constant love. Uh, he was super freaking uh impressed it too. I mean like he really just consistently blew my mind and, and impressed the heck out of me. I remember one time when he was still in the isolator in the NICU, um they had somebody had set a pacifier in there with him and but they didn't give it to him. They just set it in there with him. And he grabbed he found it. He grabbed it. He put it in his mouth, which doesn't sound that impressive for most babies I know, but like for our baby that was amazing like that was huge like he just put this pass iron in his mouth um you know and and like i was saying earlier being able to uh do tummy time hold his head up that's amazing he was he was constantly defying everything that trisomy 18 stands for you know and and that that was the most amazing thing ever because he was just defying all of the odds and ideas um, he definitely was daddy's dude like so much it made me jealous <laughs> um 
for sure. Um, uh, you know, he didn't really get to do too much, and I don't really remember um, too much, but, but the little things are big things in my head. Like, they take up big space um, in my head. The few little things that, that did happen that we did get to experience that I am able to remember. Uh, he he loved indie too, so there's that. That's really cool. I have a couple of pictures of it. He would, like, try to, like, reach out to her every time she was over there by him. So that was really awesome. Um, Cindy is my dog, my black lab. So, and she's a baby hog, even with the baby I have now. So he was in the NICU for about two weeks, and he was at home for about two weeks. Uh, he passed away one day short, being a month old. passed away on April 4th, 2019. And um, so, yeah, and we had his memorial lantern cemetery and it was wonderful and beautiful and there were so many people there he touched so many lives it's, it's insane i would have never thought that one tiny human could could reach so far in you know just one month and, and he did he he really really put so much love into so many people's hearts really really amazing to think about that one tiny life so short could do so much everyone around them and even people that they haven't met how impactful just one tiny life could be i'm really glad to be able to have that to hold on to that pushes me through the hard days you know i loved how i loved hearing you describe him in such a beautiful way so you have carter and from what i understand you have another baby another one another girl in your life so <laughs> Tell us about Carter's sister. Kind of walk us through some of that anxiety that you had in yeah. pregnancy and having her. For sure. It boils over into my everyday life now, too. <laughs> For sure. Uh, it was terrifying being pregnant with her. It was the absolute most terrifying experience I have ever been through. I don't think I've ever been so scared of anything in my life. Um <laughs> I think I constantly I was like, this baby's going to die too. And I mean, I was just terrified. It was, God, it was awful. I also ended up going into preterm labor with her at 28 weeks. So that was really cool and stayed that way until the day she was born on time. So that was fun. That was really great. <laughs> Add to all the fear. Um, oh, man. But when she was born... It's a really big difference to go from, like, birthing a five-pound baby to an eight-pound baby. And I was like, that baby's gigantic. Is she okay? <laughs> She's huge. It just, I mean, normal-sized to most people. Not to me. Last baby was tiny. Stays giant. But, oh, my gosh, it was just the coolest thing to be able to finally just relax a little bit. Just a little bit. I was still terrified of everything, obviously, but just a little bit. Like, once she was born, I was like, she made it. And she's okay. <laughs> They're not taking her away from me. Like, we're good. She was feeding immediately before we ever even got to postpartum. Like, aggressively. Kid came out starving. So, <laughs> um, it was amazing to just finally be able to breathe for a second. Just one second, like, all right, she made it, everything's okay. And then I became the ultimate helicopter mom and, and haven't stopped since. So there's that. But 
because I'm just like, anything could happen. Anything at all could happen with her. And, and I try really hard not to be. It's a everyday learning process. Um, I've had to kind of just like force myself to take some steps back and just like let her be her own little human and quit worrying about what could possibly happen to her. I think I project a lot of things onto her that I shouldn't because of what I went through with Carter and because, you know, I lost the last one. And uh, it's a lot to get through. And it's, it's I have to push through it all every single day. And, and I'm doing better, but I definitely, I still have so much fear. And I try really hard. It's also really hard because, um, you know, she's she's kind of perfect. <laughs> um, I, I got really, really lucky with her. Like she came home from the hospital. She slept in her bed through the night, never had a problem. She doesn't really throw fits. Like she's two almost next month and, and she doesn't really throw fits or anything. Like she's perfect. And so then that makes it even harder. I got this perfect, amazing, alive baby. Let's keep it that way. <laughs> um, so yeah, so it's, it's definitely difficult. Um, but I'm doing better, you know, it's a, it's a learning process and that's all I can really do is do the best that I can and try not to project my fear onto her. She's so freaking smart and, and she is becoming very independent. And so it, that kind of pushes me to do it more, like more, I really have to just step back and just let it be okay. Like she can go up those steps by herself. She is not going to fall and bust her head open and quit living. Like it's going to be okay. We can walk up some steps um so yeah it's it's a lot and I don't think that people really uh realize I didn't realize I didn't realize how truly how difficult that was going to be I mean I know when I found out that I was going to have her I I definitely was like how could I ever love another one way that I loved him and everybody's like no you're looking at it wrong you're looking at it wrong and I was like, okay. yeah so like I had that fear but I thought I had no idea how hard it was going to be to really like be able to properly parent her without projecting my stuff onto her. So yeah, it's, it's a whole thing that I have to kind of go through every day and I'm getting there. <laughs> Another thing too, since we're, you know, talking about March and Carter and E, their birthdays are, the birthdays are seven days apart. He was born on the 5th. She was born on the 12th um, of March. Dylan's birthday is the 16th of March. So all March birthdays, it's really cool. I actually uh was only not pregnant for, for three months. So yeah, Carter passed away and then I got pregnant two months later. Um which I'm honestly really grateful for. Really, really grateful for. I have no idea what my life would have looked like on that like now if I didn't have that because I just yeah. Yeah, it, it's amazing thing that I have that. Continuing to move forward with Carter. Um in your heart and in a part of your life but still do you think you're different than some of the other moms because of the experience you've had with Carter uh I mean I don't know that's kind of a I have an interesting response to that because I think that every single mom is different and I don't think that uh you can really lump together like groups of moms because they're all different um what I do think though is I do think that I tr because of Carter I try way 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 i like i put way too much thought into everything that happens into everything that i feed her into every meal into our entire routine into what's going to happen five years from now and how i'm going to properly prepare her for that and um yeah i i put a lot of energy into making sure that like she just has the absolute best life possible. 
Um, what I also do a lot of though, and I think, I don't know if this really comes from everything with Carter or, or not. I, I think some of it does, but, um, I spend a lot of time doing things a lot differently, differently than most parents probably would with the intention of instilling values into her that I think are really, really important. And so I do a lot of things differently because I really just want my kid to be the kindest, sweetest thing. And the rest of it just really doesn't matter. Um, I think a little bit of that probably comes from just like everything that I went through with Carter. I think I, uh, I spend like an insane amount of time just like doing things with her I'm I'm not ever you know I always thought that I was going to be like my parents and, and most parents where it's like you just kind of want to chill out for a second and like not be dealing with the kid constantly <laughs> I don't have that I just want to be with her 24 7 doing whatever she wants to do so yeah I mean it, it's definitely made things a little bit different for me but honestly I'm grateful for it because it makes me the absolute best parent that I could possibly be for her I'm so incredibly thankful to Katie for the time that she spent sharing Carter with us. I hope you enjoyed listening to Katie share about Trisomy 18 and the impact it's had on her life. Thank you, Katie. Thank you for sharing your journey with us. Thank you for listening to this episode of We Saved You a Seat. Oklahoma Family Network promotes family-centered care and provides tools so families can make informed decisions advocate for improved services, build connections among families, and serve as a trusted resource in health care of children and young adults. If you would like to become a supporting family or get in touch with another family, please contact Oklahoma Family Network at oklahomafamilynetwork.org or by calling 405-271-5072.